and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I want to talk to you this morning about God's plan. Let me just read that scripture that that video is referring to, and we all know this scripture found in Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Wow, talk about a beautiful word. Talk about a word that you can put your trust in and have confidence in, is to know that He cares for you. He cares for your future. Amen? doesn't matter what you've gone through, what you're struggling through, what you may have gone through, what life's thrown at you. God has a plan for you to give you a hope and a future. And all the retired people said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay, I'm picking on those retired people this morning. The title of my sermon this morning is Vision. Lord, where to now? Where to now? It's a question. You know, there's a scripture that we've all heard. And uh, found in the Old Testament, it says that without a vision, the people perish. Amen. How many have heard that scripture before? Without a vision, people perish. And last week, I kind of, I, I told you a little bit about my vision, my dream that I had, what dreams are made of. How many were here last week, heard that? And I was, uh, transparent is the word to use there. And that's my vision. That's the dream God gave me. Well, you know what? God's given each of you a dream as well. Do you know that? It's not just, it may not be to be pastor of the church. It may not be even to come up here and lead in worship. But God can give you dreams collectively, individually. Amen? God has given us dreams. I want you to turn this morning and then stand with me once you find it. Ephesians chapter 3 in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 3. I call these the shuns. You know why I call them the shuns? Because there's Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians. They're all grouped together. So if you don't know where they're at, if, you're, if you found one of those, you're close. You're really close. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And won't you all stand with me this morning? Chapter 3 and verse 20. And this is Paul here. He's speaking to the Gentiles. And he's reminding them of what the Lord can do in their life. The scripture says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all... Let me me read it. Let me back up. Let me read this out of the New King James Version. I I love the way it says it in the New King James Version. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen? Who is that? That's our Lord. That's our God. That's our King. That's our Father. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you do have a plan for us. And Lord, while that plan maybe hasn't yet unfolded for some of us, maybe we're in the middle of it. Maybe some of us are in the beginning. Maybe some of us are already at the ending part of it. Lord, I do know that you have a plan, a plan to give us a hope and a future. And Lord, your word says that You will do it exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think or imagine. And this morning, I just pray that, Father, we would open our hearts to your word, that you would remind us, Lord, how precious 
that plan is for us. That, Lord, as we draw close to you, nigh to you, the Bible says, Lord, that you draw close to us and that plan begins to be fulfilled in our lives. It cannot be fulfilled outside of your will. It has to be in your will. So, Lord, give us ears to hear this morning. Give me words to speak your word this morning. And, Lord, we thank you for what the Holy Spirit is going to do in this morning's service. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. He is, he is. And uh, how many love the worship this morning? Yeah. That was good. Give, give them a hand clap this morning. They were good, right? And, and that's because the Spirit of God is alive in this place. Whether we have a guitar or a keyboard, the Spirit of God is alive here. And, and again, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. And I love it, as Dan was saying this morning, when, when God is here, when we praise Him, healing takes place. Not only physically, but emotionally, spiritually. So this morning, as, as we listen to the Word of God, receive this morning. Receive what the Lord has for you. Amen? Yes. How many have ever had a dream? And I think I asked you this last week. A dream, a vision, a goal, right? And, and God's done that and much more probably in your lives. And this morning, I want to I talk to you about this dream. If a dream comes from God, it will be so big in your life that you can't do it on your own. If it comes from God, you should be going, how can I do that? Lord, how is that possible? How can little old me accomplish that? That's what a God-given dream is like. If it's a dream that you can manage, that you can create on your own ability... Most likely, it did not come from God, okay? Because I don't know about you, but my God's a big God, and God gives us big ideas and big challenges, amen? amen? But you have to exercise your faith in order to accomplish that vision, that goal, that dream, amen? How many have found out you have to exercise faith? Faith is like a muscle. Who... Who's your workout people in here? I know one right now. In the back row back there. Damien back there is a, is a workout fiend, okay? That man can work out. And he'll be the first one to tell you here today, if you do not work out, you lose it. You lose it. And so if he's going to go do 20 push-ups in 10 seconds back there, he can't do them unless he's been working out. Unless he's working out. Faith is like a muscle. Did you know that? It can be strengthened or it can remain weak. It can remain weak. How many have never worked out, you know, for a long time and then gotten on that treadmill, right? And it's like five minutes, it feels like five hours already. And, and that's what happens when you don't have that strength, when you're weak in, in, in body. So faith is either going to be weak or it's going to be strong. What did our scripture verse say this morning? Mark 9, 23. You want to put it up there, Raquel? I want everybody to see it again. Mark 9, 23. Everybody say this with me again. Everything is possible for one who believes. Everything. What is it that you're questioning God this morning? That you're thinking, well, that could never happen. God, you don't know my circumstance. God, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know the family I have. You don't know where I come from, my background. What does that say? Everything. Everything is possible for him who believes. Amen? You know, how do you build your faith? Because that's where it starts. There's a story in the book of Mark, right where this chapter is located. Chapter 9. 
Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy here. And this man comes up to Jesus. Jesus is walking through. And he comes up to him. And in, and in verse 22, he says to Jesus, he says, but if you can do anything, he's telling Jesus this, but if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. He's crying out to Jesus. And that's where Jesus stops him. And then he says, if you can, he says, everything is possible for him who believes. Jesus stopped him in his tracks and said, if you can, do you know who you're talking to? If you can, do you know who you're talking to sometimes? Do you know who you believe in? Who you put your trust in? Everything is possible. Amen? Everything is possible. The first thing God does to build your faith is to give you a dream. Give you a, an idea, a goal. How many have had that before? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned last week, I, am, I, I had my goals, my dreams. You know, when I, when I got married to Anna, I mean, I prayed for her specifically. Prayed for my wife, Anna. And I got Anna, and I got a brother-in-law, and I got two sister-in-laws, and I got a mother-in-law and father-in-law. It was a whole package deal. And that's what you get. Right? And so God gave me specifically what I prayed for. You have to, you have to believe in that, in that dream. Amen? When God wants to work in your life, He gives you a dream, a hope. A hope for your future. And it's, it's always going to be to fulfill His word. It's not going to be a selfish dream. It's not going to be a selfish idea. And there's, there's so many examples of this in the Bible. Who remembers Noah? God spoke to Noah to build this ark. Now to everybody else, that would have been ridiculous. That, the thought of building an ark on land, dry land, would have been ridiculous. The size of that ark, who does that? Who in their sane mind does that? Well, it has to come from God. God may challenge you with something that you may question and begin to think, well, I don't know, Lord. That's way out there. That's where faith steps in. That's where you have to start believing and step outside of the box. How many know that God isn't contained in a little box? God is outside that box. See, our, our mind and our ideas keep us in this little box. We have to think outside that box because we serve a great and mighty God. Amen? God gave Abraham the dream of being the father of many nations. God gave him that dream and it came to fruition. God gave Joseph the dream of being a leader that would save his people. And he did. God gave Nehemiah the dream of building walls around Jerusalem. Amen. And he did that. It starts with a dream, with a seed, with, a, with, a, with an idea that's birthed from God. Amen. Now, how do you know when a dream is for, from God? That's the question you're probably asking yourself this morning. Well, Pastor Rick, I, I have an idea, but I don't know if it's from God. I don't know if that's just me, if, if that's God, or if that's bad acid indigestion. I don't know, Lord. Well, here's what the Bible tells us. Again, I'm going to read that scripture to you. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. What he's saying there is, if it's a small idea, small dream, more than likely, it's your thinking. God thinks outside that box. How many, how many serve a great mighty God here? Raise your hand if that's you. That should be all of us here, amen? If the dream comes from God, it will be so big in your life that you can't do it on your own. 
You can't manage it. If you can manage it, it's not from God. It's your idea. And again, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with your ideas, your goals as a person. Uh, God challenges us to grow. Always challenging every one of us to grow and mature. Amen. But God wants to give you a dream for your spiritual life to grow. Amen. He, he starts to build your faith by giving you that dream like he did with me when I mentioned that last week. He may be speaking to you right now, but you may not recognize it. See, sometimes the dream you have, the idea, the concept, the, the plan, um, where did a, that idea come from? You have to find out where did that idea come from. And here's the truth. God will never give you a vision, a dream that goes against his word. That's Just count on that, number one. If you have a thought, a plan, a dream that uh, is, is uh, contradictory to the word of God, it is not from Almighty God. I'll just tell you that right now. It is straight from the pit of hell. Amen? And there are, there are plans or dreams that the enemy wants to give you. He wants to give you dreams so that you will, you will forget God and forget the ways of God. He will try to throw those ideas into you through other people, enticing you to things, material possessions possibly. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of that. As long as it does not distract you from God. Amen? Yeah. And how do we do that though? How do, we, how do we get there? Everybody say this word with me. Focus. 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 We were just talking about... Uh, I had a conversation with somebody this morning. And we were talking about someone um, here that will remain uh, 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 anonymous. That's had three red light tickets. Okay. But I've talked to Ann about this. And... <laughs> Hopefully we don't have any more. Three red light tickets. You know, going through those red lights. You know, and then the, all of a sudden you see this big, bright, white flash. Anybody ever experience that? Okay, $500 later, that's each one, okay? So, what that is, is lack of focus, right? It's lack of focus. And... Um, we need to be focused when it comes to the things of God. And I'm going to stop right now because I want, to, I want to say congratulations to Carlos and Sheila who just got married this past week. Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. They just got married. Congratulations, Carlos and Sheila. Thank you. So glad to see you here today. Yeah, we're, 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 we're honored to be here. Amen, amen. Glad to see you here. Um, so continuing here, there's nothing more powerful than a focused life. How many know that? You have to be focused. The more focused your life is, the more impact it's going to have. You can't just be scattered. How many know people that are just scattered? There, there's a million things going on, but nothing ever gets done, right? You have to have focus, focus. And that's usually our, our spouse will remind us, hey, focus, right? That's why we have a spouse to remind us, Focus, focus, focus. Amen. So here's the problem. Most of us here, we tend to overestimate our goals in a year. We tend to overestimate. Like how many have ever said at the beginning of the year, this is the year I lose 80 pounds, 60 pounds, 40 pounds, whatever that number is. And by March, you gave up. You're back to eating chips and ice cream on the couch for four hours every night watching Netflix all night long, right? 
we overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do over the course of 10 years. Have you ever, have you ever seen that? That you can underestimate long-term what you can accomplish. And really it comes back down to focus. If you're focused on that idea that God has birthed in you, it will come to fruition. And let me just rehash last week when I spoke to you about my, the dream that God gave me of becoming a pastor. It actually started years ago, but the pieces started coming together in 2008. That's when I started studying um, and going, and I went to college, Bible college, to get that teaching, all the classes that I needed, and I took that. But it started in 2008, a long time ago, and it wasn't until now, uh, just this past month, that I got ordained in March. So again, it, it's a dream, but sometimes it takes years for it to happen. Amen? The people perish without a vision, as I mentioned earlier. If you don't have a vision in your life, a goal, you're just going to exist. Everybody just look at your neighbor and say, exist. Exist. You know, we are existing today, but life isn't just to exist. It's not just to be here. You might as well just be a piece of furniture, right? You you might as well just be your, 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 your sofa, just existing. No, God gave you a plan and a purpose in your life. It's much more than just to exist. God created you to bring Him glory. Amen? Amen. Everything about us should bring Him glory. Amen? Yes. Now, in order to, we need to focus to reach our goals. And I want to talk to you about four points real quick about how to get to those goals, how to, how to make sure they happen in your life. Number one... You have to determine your present position. You have to know where you're at. You ever been lost? This is before GPS. This is before, you know, turning on your phone. You ever been lost? If you didn't have a map or or signpost, you wouldn't have a clue where you're at. You had to tell somebody, go to a payphone, plunk in 25 cents or whatever it was, and call up somebody. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm over here on the corner of this and that. And I have no idea where I'm at. Come and save me. Come and get me out of here. You have to know where you're at in order to get headed in the right direction. Amen? Amen. You can't figure out where you want to go until you figure out where you currently are at. And I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally. You've got to know your present position, your current condition. What's... What's, uh, where, where am I now in my career, my ministry? Where am I now spiritually? Where am I now in my, in my relationships? Emotionally, where am I? Am I where I need to be? Am I growing? Am I on a journey to get there? Where am I now financially? I mean, those are all things that we should be thinking about, that we should be guided by on a daily basis. But you have to figure out where you're at right now to get to where you want to be. Amen? Again, God has given you and birthed inside of each of you an idea, a vision for your future. How big is it though? Is it, is it this big? Do you serve a puny God? Or do you serve a large God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above what you can think and imagine? Amen? Amen. And then a, number two, describe exactly what you want. Okay, now, now here's where I said we got to be specific. Amen. How many remember me making this list right here? You see this list up here? That's, that's for our house. 
And we wrote this list in 2012, and we bought a house here in Vallejo in 2014. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long now. It'll in July. It'll be four, uh, two years. But on here, we sat at the table, Anna, myself, my girls, Bianca and Raquel, and we came up with each of these points here. We wrote them down specifically what we wanted in the house. And I've shared this list with a bunch of you here, and you've seen that. And, and yeah, we got a, a big spacious kitchen. We got four bedrooms. We got two baths. We got an updated kitchen. We got a, a backyard for our dog, Max. We got an RV access for a church trailer. I got a fireplace. Oh my goodness. How good is God? How good is God? Give my hand clap. He is good. Amen. God is good when you pray specifically. Pray specifically. Lord, I want a house. Lord, give me a nice house. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? Pray specifically. Amen. I can't encourage you enough. I have someone here that gave me that I pray for every week a list of things on a piece of paper like this as bullet points of what they want in their life. And I, and I lay my hands on that and I pray for that every week. And it's awesome because they learn how to pray specifically. Every single one of those points. That's what each of us need to be encouraged to do. Amen? Amen. So describe exactly what you want. Don't be vague. Don't skimp on it. God already knows your heart anyways. God knows the desires that you have. And in our case for our home, it was to be used for ministry. And we use it for ministry all the time. And, and God knew that was on our hearts. And he gave us our heart's desire because of that very reason. Amen. Remember this. Nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. Nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. Be specific with your word, with your request to the Lord. And it needs to be clear, and it needs to be concise. Amen? It needs to be concise. Let me ask you, if you've, if you've begun to ask yourself these questions. Number one, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And it's not too late. Don't ever say it's too late. Life has passed. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Abraham and Sarah, how old were they when they had kids? Okay, there you go. It's never too late. What do I want to do? What do I want to have? And why do I want it? And then most importantly, are these questions God-centered questions? Or are they, don't let them be selfish questions. Don't let them just be selfish, vain ambitions. But are they God-centered questions? Because I'll tell you what right now. God will answer them and give them to you today if they are God-centered. If they are not God-centered, you may get them, you may not. But I'll promise you, if they are God-centered, God will honor them. Amen? Yeah. That's, how, that's the kind of God we serve. He wants to bless you. Amen? Amen. Again, I, I can't emphasize to pray specifically. Uh, before I met Anna, I prayed for her. I prayed for a woman that height. I mean, I can't just, she, that would love to sing. She loved to sing. She sang to me on one of our first dates. Uh, you've heard her say that. She sang, um, you, you, um, oh, you light up my life. Thank you so much. Because you've heard me say this before. You light up my life. On her balcony where she was living with her mom and dad in Carneros in Napa. And, and there's beautiful vineyards out here. And here's this beautiful woman singing to me. And we're not even married yet. We're just dating. And I thought, 
Lord, thank you so much. You know, it was so good. It was awesome. And, and then uh, before that, I had prayed for a two-bedroom, one-bath house with yellow with white trim and a white picket fence in Napa. And God gave that to me, a two-bedroom, one-bath at that time with a yellow house, white trim with a white picket fence and a big backyard for my dog I had at that time. This was before I met Anna. God gave that to me. And, and, I had met, and then I met her the year after that. That's how God is. He's so good. He prepares every step so that everything will be taken care of for you. Amen? Amen. Anna, my wife, my home, my job, my kids, I've prayed for. I prayed for Bianca. I prayed for Raquel. I've prayed that God would bless every one of their steps as they grow and mature in Christ. Everything's already been prayed through. I continue to pray for them, though. Amen? Amen? Pray specifically. Number three, Find the promise from God. You know, it was around that time in 2008 when God had put those pieces right in front of me of becoming a pastor again, rebirthed that vision in me because he had given me that a long time ago. But I walked away from it. I, I, I thought to myself, Lord, how can I do that? I, I, I've never been to Bible school, you know, and, and uh, life right now, I've, I've made these decisions that probably uh, I'm not worthy of that. That's how I condemned myself of that but it wasn't until 2008 that God gave me my verse that I I frequently quote to you here Proverbs 3 and verses 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths Amen? amen that's when I began to do that for the very first time really in my life I I was sold out I mean I was sold out and I said Lord If I'm going to put my trust in you, that means I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm not just going to go halfway. Okay, yeah, that's deep enough. No, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to go all the way. And that's when I began to trust him. He gave me that word. Has the Lord given you a word? Has the Lord spoken a verse to you? Maybe it might not have been a verse. Maybe it was just a a thought that he gave you, impressed upon you to hold on to. I know that when we struggle, when we go through tough times, the Lord will give you a verse. How many know that? The Lord will strengthen you with his word. And when he does that, that's the word he wants you to hold on to. I want you to hear this, uh, which I didn't realize until I had researched this, but over 80 times in scripture, did you know that God says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Over 80 times in scripture, not once, not twice, not 18 times, not 38 times, over 80 times in scripture, God says, fear not. And, and that's what I began to do by trusting in him. Because if, if we allow fear to come in, it robs us, it robs us and steals what God is trying to do in our life. Yes. And it throws us back. Amen. I am with you everywhere you go. What a promise Jesus gave to us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, I was reading this morning, in my, as I was studying, uh, I was reading the book of Joshua in chapter 1, in verses 6 through 9, he says three different times, be strong and courageous. He says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Look at your neighbor and tell him, be strong and courageous. Amen? Here's, here's the thing. You're not going to be, be uh, strong and courageous 
if your God is a puny God. But if you serve a strong and mighty God, the King of kings, the God of this universe, God that can do all things, you will be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. Say that again with me. Be strong and courageous. You see, when you have that attitude, when you have that mindset, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. You can do all things. Amen? Here's here's what I want to say right here. The size of your God will determine the size of your goal. The size of your God will determine the size of your goal. If you got a big God, you're going to have big goals. Make them big. Make them big. It's not me putting my faith in myself. It's me putting my faith in the King of Kings. If He can do it for them, He can do it for you. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you. If He can do it for Noah, He can do it for you. For Moses, for Abraham, for Joseph, for Nehemiah, He can do it for you. You're no different. You're a child of the King today. Amen? Now I want to remind you again, Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That is a scripture that you should be able to hold on today. That is a scripture, if you don't have one right now, uh, a God birth vision word, hold on to that scripture, amen? Because he's telling you, He's going to blow you away. He's telling you, you're going to do more than you can think or imagine. He's telling you, that little box that you put yourself in, get that out of the way. Kick that out of the way. I got better plans for you. I got bigger plans for you than that. That's what he's telling you. And then our fourth point I would ask you to remember is, ask God for help. Do you ask God for help? Are you in a habit of asking God for help? Or are you like some people that are too proud to ask for help? You know, some of us sometimes are just too proud to ask for help. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Amen. Only problem is when you're asking for help every day, okay? You can't ask for help every day, but you certainly can ask. You can ask. You can ask. I'm not saying somebody's going to answer you, but you can ask. But ask God for help. Of course, God wants you to be all he made you to be. Of course. Of course, God wants you to develop the talents he's given you. I encourage that to my daughters. Develop the talents God has given you. He didn't give me the talent to play piano or or guitar or to even sing. He gave me other talents. Of course, God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. Amen? Don't ever forget that. That's the real reason why God gives you talents. Why God blesses you uh, of your your time, your talents, and your treasures. (coughs) Excuse me. It's to help other people. Not only here, but in the circle of influence that you have. Again, if you live in Sausalito, you can only reach people in Sausalito. I can't. If I live on Clydesdale Drive in Vallejo, I can reach people in Clydesdale Drive and so forth. You have the ability to reach people in your circle of influence that others here can't. God has given you that passion or that that talent, that gifting, amen? And look to Him to help you. Look to Him to help you. God helps you to help others and that in turn honors God. 
That honors God. Amen.